All right, welcome everyone to the Nobles U podcast. My name is Mike Kalin, the Director of Teaching and Learning here at Noble and Greeno School, also teach history and English. We're pumped you're here. Uh, a little bit about the podcast before we get started. This is our inaugural podcast, and just wanted to explain a little bit about what we're up to. So through the podcast, we're hoping to speak to a lot of faculty and staff members here at Nobles involved with work related to teaching and learning, DI culture and practices, academic technology, social-emotional learning, and more. Uh, Many exciting things are happening on Noble's campus every day, and through the podcast, we hope to highlight some of them. And we are very lucky and couldn't be happier to welcome Edgar DeLeon as our very first podcast guest. Uh, Edgar is our chief equity officer here at Noble. He's an alum and all-around amazing dude. So welcome to the podcast, Edgar. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. All right. So here we go. Great. Let's do it. All right. So the first question is, can you just tell us a little bit, you know, I mentioned your chief equity officer. Can you tell us a little bit what that entails here? Yeah. So essentially, I work with our DI team to think about short-term and long-term programs and and initiatives that the school needs around DI. Um, Essentially, thinking about uh, student programming, uh, whether it is affinity spaces, spaces for um, education and discussion, um, similarly, spaces for our faculty and staff, uh, and and now with the change in title, graduates as well, um, and looking at our systems and ensuring that, one, they're equitable, and two, ensuring that everyone that comes through Nobles feels uh, like they belong in, um, in whatever sort of belonging means to them. And so I think the, the change in title encompasses a lot more, but it allows... Uh, the department to have reach in different aspects of the school, which is exciting. Great. So you clearly have a ton on your plate and just curious, you know, among all those different responsibilities and roles, like what part of the role are you enjoying most right now? Yeah. So I I would say that there's two aspects of the role that I'm enjoying the most. First, I feel like the, uh, our colleagues in our school have really taken on a lot of equity and inclusion discussions and initiatives on their own. And so it's actually been amazing to see the transformation in a lot of different spaces. Mike, you're one of them. You know, I can name so many, so many more folks who have really uh, put equity and inclusion um, in the forefront of their discussions, whether it's about curriculum, whether it's about a student experience, um, everything from that to like what happens in, um, in athletics and academics. All these aspects are actually being taken on by a lot of our colleagues. So it allows a lot more space for us to be more creative in terms of the programming. So just working with the colleagues that we have has been incredible in that sense. But the best thing that I do is just work with students. And um, I, the, our department really believes that all the initiatives, the student-led, the, the student-focused initiatives should be student-led. And so seeing the amazing work that our students have done in the last few years especially has been unbelievable. And so the, just working with them, uh, picking their brain in terms of what they're thinking, um, a lot of, if you look at the expansion of our programming, whether it's affinity groups or others, that's all student-led. That was what they wanted, and we, we just played goalie. It's making sure that, that it fits the needs of, of the institution. But seeing the work of our students has been unbelievable, and I just feel like they're just so much ahead of where I was as a student here. Um, and so that, that's been really uh, exciting for me. That's great. Do you mind sharing a few examples? I think some of our listeners might be unaware of the kind of student work that does happen. I agree it is phenomenal. Yeah. But I think it'd be interesting to just hear one or two examples 
of the kind of work that students are doing or a couple of the examples of the affinity groups that we have on campus? Yeah, absolutely. So when I was a student here in 2004, not to age myself, um, there was only three or four bigger, we, we, we used to call them sort of bigger affinity spaces. Um, and after uh, George Floyd, COVID, uh, the uh, discussion of race, racial awakening, um, there was a real ask by students to expand the conversation so that the conversations could be more nuanced. And so we went from uh, three or four affinity groups when I was a student to now we have 12. Um, and so all of that was we, we never said we need this. Students came to us and said, we need, for example, a Black Student Union, uh, uh, Poder, our Latinx group, Kahila is bigger than ever. Uh, we have subgroups within our, our Asian affinity spaces. Um, plus all the work that, that that members of our community have done for LGBTQ. All that stuff happened because students were led to charge about having conversations because what they felt is that we were having good conversations, but they weren't nuanced enough. And I think it, it, it talks it talks to the diversity that we have in our school now, um, the expand the expansion of that diversity um, and the meaning of it. I think I think a lot of folks when they hear diversity, they they, they focus on racial diversity. Um, and this shows that there's just a, a growth of, of our of our own definition and expansion of and and our, our students need to have those discussions. I, I would definitely echo that and just express gratitude to your office for all the work that has been done, because it is inspiring from afar, even if we're not down uh, on the in the nitty gritty to see what students are doing on campus. Yeah. But on the flip side of the coin, you know, DEI is in the news so often for better or worse. There are essays written on all sides of the political spectrum. And so just curious a little bit about what are the challenges that you confront in your role as chief equity officer at a big institution like Nobles? Yeah, I think, I think the, it, it, this Nobles provides a space for growth. I think what, when you're an institution like Nobles, what it also does is you, you're, you're constantly facing its history. Um, and, and when you're facing a history, it means that you're, you're going to get systems that might make um, aspects of nobles more equitable. Um, and so I think the biggest challenge for, for us is when we're creating spaces, when we're talking about equity and inclusion in the classroom, when we're talking about equity and inclusion in, in hiring, for example, all these systems that, that exist to make nobles go, um, I think the biggest challenge is any shift that we discuss under the, the umbrella of DEI um, needs to be seen as a, as a value added to the institution, not that we're taken away from individuals, groups of folks, or the history of nobles. And uh, and that's a constant battle of what language we use, what programs are we creating, what systems are we looking at uh, changing. We have to, whatever, whenever we do something, I always ask why, and making sure that the language is clear for the entire community to understand our, our bigger reasoning, to understand that it is mission-driven. And to understand that at the end of the day, any shift we make, whether it's small or, or large, is actually adding value to each individual in the school. Affinity spaces, for example, is really controversial in a lot of places. For me and for a lot of folks here who, who uh, go to affinity spaces, and we offer affinity spaces for anyone that, that wants to go uh, to one, um, that experience of, of talking to someone who goes, who's going through a similar experience to, to you, I'm hoping is a value-added uh, for your overall experience at Noble. Um, having that be the center of our, our thinking and shifting that culture to me has been the biggest uh, struggle. And, and I think it's a lot of it has to do with who we are as an institution or who have, we historically have been 
but also as, as you you've mentioned a lot of the discussion that, that's happening outside of um these walls or like we call it the nobles bubble there's a lot of discussions about about dei out there uh, I'm, we've been real lucky that it hasn't really come to the forefront at us yet but i do but i do think that that people should know that when we're creating spaces and programming we're not doing it for the sake of of, of creating programming and and, and and spaces. It's it's actually a value added to the institutions that folks are having these discussions and hopefully can bring some of that back to either the classroom or to the greater spaces. You and you and I think the biggest place you see that for us is in assembly. It's been really cool even this year. You're mentioning I think sometimes people think about affinity groups as only for certain groups of people, whether it be race, ethnicity, religion. Um, but I remember, you know, we had an assembly a few weeks ago, and it's clear that at Nobles, there's an affinity group literally for all students, students right. of color, you know, religious minorities, white students. And I think that's a pretty powerful step that the institution has taken to make sure that it doesn't feel like it's totally exclusive. Right. And and the support we get to, from the institution, right, it's part of our schedule. It's it's there. It's part of the uh, of, uh, it's it's part of the culture of the school. And so I think that that shift to making sure that everybody understands that this is a real important part of our institution is a culture added. And I will also add that, that, that increasing the conversations we have throughout nobles, I think is the next step for us. Um, so it's easy to go to affinity space in many, many, in, in many ways and just have those discussions in those spaces. Now what we're thinking as a department is like, how do we bring all this stuff together and have, and have discussions amongst all of us. And I think that's next uh, for us as a department. So. So we've been talking a lot about what's happening outside of the classroom. You know, one of the goals of the of the podcast is to get news and, and insight and observations into the classroom. And I know you and a colleague of ours, Alvin Mock, teach one of the more innovative classes on campus and I think very much intersects with the dynamics that we're talking about. So I just wondering if you could talk a little bit about the class that you teach and what it's about, some of the lessons learned. Yeah, absolutely. So we, uh, we teach race and identity in America. Uh, and for for senior, it's a senior elective. And the goal of the class, again, going beyond just the title, is to actually first we, we begin the first month actually learning about ourselves and who we are. Um, and so every, every student that 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 comes to class, the first week, we we just think about sort of who we are in bigger society, who we are in our spaces, whether it's uh, athletics. Uh, theater, et cetera. Who are we in, 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 at Nobles in general? We then use that to then think about our family. Okay. So where am I from? What's, what's my background and what impact does that have on my thinking on, on, on my space here at Nobles, uh, on my space in greater society? And, and we ensure that every student in our class, whether regardless of background, understands that, that their background actually matters. Um, and then from there, we explore theories. Um, and so we, we begin by reading um, Why the Black Kids Sit Alone in the Cafeteria by Beth Tatum. And we use that to establish theories. And one rule we have in class is we don't debate experiences, we, de- we debate theories. And the hope is that, one, students are, are beginning to take theories and apply it to their own, um, their own identities, whatever they are in, 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 at Nobles and, and outside of it. Uh, but also, too, they can listen to each other and learn from each other's experience. And that that portion of the class shouldn't be a debate, right? What's true for you is not may not be true for me, but that doesn't make it less true for you, right? So we can I can learn from the person I'm speaking speaking to. 
And then from there, uh, we read, we read books and we, 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 um, use, uh, movies and the books that, and books to come together to talk about, uh, theories and characters and, and how it applies. And so that's the way we've thought it out. It's, it's not while we're talking about race and identity, what we're actually talking about and I, I give the space for each student to do is to actually talk about themselves and who they are in different spaces and do that exploration. Um, it's not a, it's not a class to change, to change minds necessarily. It's actually to do an exploration of who you are and how you exist in, in some of, in, in some of these circles and the impact of, of the different aspects of your identity in those circles. Um, and so we have a lot of, we actually have a lot of fun. Um, and it, I think yeah. students walk in with this, like, oh my gosh, it's going to be intense. Uh, but, but, but the exploration piece, I think opens up the ability to have really important dialogue. So that's what the class has become. I've definitely heard great things. Um, it seems like it's one of our more popular classes on yeah, campus. Well, the mock is teaching it and he's, <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, he, it doesn't he, hurt. That yes, Do, doesn't hurt. Um, <laughs> But but it's the kind of experience that I think every student here could benefit from. And I think we are trying to provide those kind of experiences, you know, maybe not as in depth in the class, but through affinity groups and other kinds of conversations, students getting some of those questions raised. Yeah. And I, and I think, I think what, by explore, by beginning to explore yourself, then it, it may erase some of the fears you have in terms of, of having conversations about race and identity. And by making it theory-based, right, it, it, we, we make sure we tell our students, hey, whatever you're reading, you can disagree with this theory. Let's talk about why. It, it erases a lot of the fears that I think exist now, especially, uh, you know, post-George Floyd, post this idea of cancellation, et cetera. We're, we, there's nothing to cancel. We're, we're talking about theories, whether or not you agree with it or not. Mm-hmm. And so it, I, I think it provides spaces for in-depth conversations that I don't think we're having um, outside of classrooms here at Nobles. And I think that, that that's become really important. So. Awesome. So before we finish up, you know, thinking about the next few months to this year, anything, you know, on your mind in your role or, um, you know, something that you're looking forward to? Yeah. So really looking forward to continued spaces for our students to have discussions. I think, I think the biggest thing in my mind right now is how do we shift culture in our school uh, to have uh, important discussions together um, and how it, through our department do we create those spaces um, our, our spaces we have the space um, but it, they're sometimes limited in terms of timing how do we get creative in terms of the spaces we have to have cross conversations be- between affinity students uh, or all students on important issues that are that are out there um, I, I, I think there's a there's been a culture one thing that I sort of keep thinking about when I was here at, um, uh, as a student in 2004 is we used to have a multicultural student association where everyone would go to have discussions. That multicultural student association no longer exists. And we, for many reasons, um, like in my, in our minds, like, do we bring something like that back where we can, where we can have a space where we can have some discussions uh, that are out there that, 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 you know, we feel like should happen. And the, right now I think it'll be a little culture shift, but I think, this year it's focusing on creating spaces somehow. And we are, it's just been exciting to work with my colleagues to think about that. Yeah, Mike, we're going to call you soon about that. So just get ready. Oh, well, I hope this is the first of many more conversations, but we got to thank Edgar for being our, our little guinea pig of the podcast. <laughs> Much appreciated. Uh, also, thank you, thank you to Deborah Brown, who was instrumental in helping set up some of the technology behind the podcast. He's been a huge help. 
And thank you to everybody listening. And we hope this continues. And again, thanks a lot, Edgar. Thank you, Mike. All right.